0: Hello and welcome to Bupa's Healthy Me podcast on marathon training tips. My name is Marcella McAvoy. I'm Boopa's health content editor and your host for this podcast. I'm going to be joined by seasoned and first-time marathon runners. We'll be covering topics from the importance of training plans and different types of training runs to avoiding injuries, staying motivated and preparing for the day itself. We'll also be discussing how to fuel your body best during marathon training. Let's start by introducing my first two guests today. I'm joined by Robert Tanzi, who's founder and CEO of the Buddy Boost Wellbeing Activity app. Robert's an experienced marathon runner with an impressive 15 marathons under his belt and a personal best record of two hours and 44 minutes. Hi, Robert. Hi, Marcella. I'm also joined by Jane Fletcher, who completed her first marathon a few years ago. Hi, Marcella. Hi, Jane. Thank you both for joining me today. So um would you like to tell me a little bit about yourselves and what inspired you to become marathon runners? So Robert, over to you.
1: Sure. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for the uh, glowing intro. So yeah, I did a lot of team sports when I was younger and you know, really enjoyed being active and well playing sport and all that that goes with it for sort of physical health and enjoyment and camaraderie. But when I uh, started work and work got very serious, I just didn't have the time to do team sports that I previously had. So I needed something to keep me active. A few of my friends had done marathons and because I'm a bit competitive... I thought Do you know what that sounds like a good thing to have a go at. So that it was really started from you know finishing team sports needing to be active but actually wanting a big old challenge.
2: And what about you Jane? Where did your inspiration come from? Well, I don't have a background in running in particular. I've done bits and bobs over the years, um had also worked to keep myself relatively fit, but the it was quite sudden the decision to do a marathon. It may been on a, a long-term bucket list, but I hadn't made any plans. And I was at work at the company where I was working one January and an email came out saying, we've got a charity place in the marathon, the London Marathon this year. Email if you're interested. And I like a personal challenge. So I sent the email through and have to say nobody was more surprised than me when I got an email back a couple of days later saying, Jane, you have won this place in the marathon so it was yeah probably a long-term goal to run a marathon in the way that people have it on their bucket list but then it suddenly became a reality one cold January day
0: and how did it feel when you uh, saw the, the email was it like no turning back or
2: <laughs> I mean I'll be honest I panicked when I saw that email uh but the panic quite quickly turned into excitement and as i began to look into the world of 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 marathon running and preparation and i spoke to a few friends that had done it and then i got
1: going so, so jane when you said um, you, you you got the email saying you won the place so second second place was winning two places in a marathon
0: <laughs> please clarify jane <laughs>
2: Second place was having nothing to do for the next four months as opposed to manically trying to, to train.
0: So Robert, um, as somebody who has run his first share of marathons, how do you approach training if you're gearing up for a marathon and consider yourself to be a more developed runner? And how important do you think it is to have a training plan?
1: It's a really good question. I, it's it is important to have a training plan obviously if you're not doing your first marathon uh you've probably got a base level of knowledge and fitness already so the the situation isn't the same as jane where you're pretty much starting from scratch you know you'll you'll be able to go out and run for a good set of miles already so really what the plan is there to do is to kind of just give yourself hold yourself to account the way i do my plans is actually not to be incredibly forensic and detailed so i will have in mind okay so for let's say it's the london marathon it's in april I'll, i'll know pretty much what i need to do in january what i need to do in february what i need to do in march but i won't have planned out march's runs at the beginning of january all i'll have done is planned out Januarys runs and then you get the end of January and then you then start planning February so break it down a bit i always find helpful rather than being faced with the kind of 16 week plan here's every run you've got to do for the next 16 weeks which i think can be a bit intimidating
0: so what you're saying there is that you'd probably need to sort of vary it depending on the kind of runner that you are as well and sort of your yeah, levels of discipline as well i guess with regards to how you like to train
1: correct and also what you think you need to improve so if it's your endurance that you need to improve then the the way you construct your planning training plan will be much more to do with getting the longer miles the longer runs in if however it's your speed that you think you need to improve then you're going to be looking at right making sure you've got the right level of higher intensity sessions in your plan.
0: So which kind of leads me nicely onto my next question, which is like, how do marathon training plans typically work and what do they involve?
1: Yeah. So, well, the the first thing for everyone to remember, and this is whether you're a beginner or an experienced marathon runner, and I've made this mistake uh, a couple of times as well. So from bitter personal experiences, you cannot cheat the miles. You cannot run a marathon and uh, without actually just having put the hard yards in. So yeah,
2: I would totally agree with that. As a, as a, even as a beginner or maybe even more so as
1: a beginner, you, yeah, you have to do the training. What you'll find is as you sort of start to run more is that actually it's relatively easy to run 20 miles. I said relatively in inverted commas. It's not very easy to run 26. Uh, and it, and it equally is really not very easy to run 26 miles fast because those those six miles where the physio at the end where your body starts to change physiologically the, the training to make sure that you are you're maintaining your speed and endurance through that critical last period um is is, is really key um so the way i think about a, a, a marathon training plan is right so have you got the the miles in so a rough rule of thumb is that you know you increase your you do one long run a week and you increase the, the amount of miles in that run every week by a mile or two. But what you really need to do is to make sure that your five longest runs add up to more or less a hundred miles. Now, whether that's five runs of 20 miles or one of 16, 18, 20, 22 and 24 sort of is, is, is in the margins, but make sure you've got that really good solid block of, of mileage in. So that's advice number one. Can't cheat the miles. Advice number two is that bit about intensity. How do you make sure you've got what the technical runner would call speed endurance, that you not just run for a long time, but actually you can keep your pace up? Because that's what tends to happen at the back end of a marathon. You get past 20 miles, you haven't done your speed endurance, and your pace drops off dramatically. And you can, let's say you set yourself a target of – 3 hours, 10 or 3 hours, whatever it is, you can lose in that last 6 miles a good 6 minutes and blow yourself up completely with regards to what you're trying to achieve. So you need to have sessions in your training where you're not necessarily running very far, but you are pushing yourself as be much faster than marathon pace, but on tired legs. And that is the thing that will help you when you get to the back end of a marathon and maybe to keep running at your target pace.
0: Um, Jane, did you apply that advice to your training (laughs) when you were training for your first marathon or did you approach your training in a different way?
2: (laughs) Definitely some of what Robert has said is relevant to the beginner, but not all of it. So what I did after I'd picked myself back up off the floor After I'd got that email was, as I think I've already said, I spoke to friends who'd run marathons. I looked online. I actually had a book as well about running that had some, there's a plethora of material around training plans. And my advice, so my objective right from the beginning was to complete the marathon. That was the, I had no interest in time. It was about completion So I knew, I was clear about what I wanted to do and that dictated my training plan. So I was thinking exactly as Robert said, each week on a Saturday morning. So I had a friend who very kindly had run a marathon before and trained with me up to half marathon and we ran a half marathon together and that was brilliant. Robert will know from his work with Buddy Boost that having somebody to train with you is brilliant. And in the the position that I was in, where I was quite anxious about completing it, having somebody who was holding me to account, who I ran with every, did my long run with every Saturday morning was brilliant. And each week we would run further and further. Differing to to what Robert said, I actually took quite a lot of comfort from knowing in January what I would be doing in March. But again, I think that was around managing my expectations and anxiety around completion. So I really liked having a very clear plan to my week. I'd mix things up. So as I said, I'd do the long run on a Saturday morning. In the week, I might run home from work. I might go into work early and do something in the gym. So I mixed up my training, but I had a really clear plan from early January through to the marathon that I could see and I knew week in, week out what I was doing. And personally, I found that incredibly reassuring in terms of knowing if I do this, I am going to be able to complete the marathon.
0: So Robert, you mentioned earlier that Obviously there are sort of different types of training runs that you should do when training for a marathon. Do you want to elaborate on that a bit?
1: Yeah. So there are basically three types of run that you need to be thinking about. And before you go out on each run, you need to know which specific kind of run it is just so that you've got a goal for that, that, that day's training. So it's either a longer run, a run to build mileage in your endurance. It's a more intense run, which is designed to increase you know, the, your speed endurance. So can you keep running faster for longer in a marathon? Then the third is uh, recovery runner. And it sounds a bit weird to say, I'm going to go out for a run to recover. And actually, really, just what that means is going out slower than normal. Um, it's getting your body used to to running and recuper- re- sorry, recuperating whilst running and it's very easy to think every time i go out i've got to run as hard as i can for a particular distance and that's actually becomes quite dangerous over time in terms of your long term goal because what you find out is your body just gets tired progressively more tired and after six eight weeks your chances of becoming injured increase so do incorporate i mean i would do one run a week which was i don't know somewhere between 45 minutes of an hour of consciously slower than normal and typically that might be the day after your long run or or a day after a particularly intense sort of speed endurance session.
3: And what about
0: regular runners um, who are already used to running sort of 10k? How easy is it to bridge the gap from running 10k to a full marathon?
1: So on the one hand it's relatively easy because your body is used to running, you know, you've you've done 10k a few times but I would just repeat the mantra from before is you can't cheat the miles so it's very easy to get carried away and think yeah i can run 10k it's only it's only four times 10k and a little bit more but actually the the demands on your body are significantly greater so you have to be aware that it it is a big step up and you you can't cheat it you've got to put the miles in Uh, otherwise you'll have a pretty horrible experience on marathon day
0: We want to avoid that, don't we? Robert, you mentioned that sort of 20 years after running the marathon in under three hours, you achieved your personal best of two hours and 44 minutes. Um, How were you able to improve your performance so much?
1: Uh, The biggest factor there, actually, I wasn't working full time um, during my period of training. So I actually had more time to dedicate to it. I could go... Running out in the middle of the day rather than very early in the morning or, or late in the evening, so I was able to recuperate and manage the training plan much better. And secondly, for the the one and only time, I did actually have someone who used to be a sort of semi professional runner set a training plan for me, which was very specific, uh, and I followed it to the letter. So, um, you know, my kind of compliance in terms of completing the sessions was, was, was really, really high. So that's why I just effectively dedicated more time to it and followed a more professional plan, if you like.
0: So Jane, um, how did you approach training, um, to help prevent against injuries?
2: So I was very gradual in my increase week on week in terms of the amount of miles I was doing. And I think for somebody like me who was relatively new to it, if I'd started off in week one trying to do 15 miles, I think that would have been a real problem. So even though some weeks when I was feeling really good on that big Saturday morning run, I'd think, God, I've definitely got a few more miles in the tank I stopped myself. So it comes back to what Robert was saying about that compliance with the training plan, actually. I, so I was very gradual in, in what I was doing. I listened to my body. So I didn't, if I felt pain, I didn't run through it. I did get a physio about halfway through my training. I began to have some problems with my knee and I got a physio who was incredibly helpful on a a number of different levels not just physically also mentally as well actually he really helped me prepare for the actual marathon day lots and lots of stretching so I became where previously when I'd been exercising I'd probably been a bit casual about stretching and warming down I think is the technical term I became a lot more serious and and handed time over to that And the other thing I would say is that I was really careful around sleep. So I made sure I'd had a really good night's sleep before doing that big run. I was really fresh on the Saturday morning. And again, an an obvious one, but hydration. So thinking about what I was drinking and particularly in those longer runs, how hydrated I was, what I was eating. I definitely was very in tune with how my body felt over that time and I think that did help me to prevent injuries
1: yeah I would just, well excellent answer by Jane, she covered all all the main parts um the only thing I would add if you are you yeah, you're you're really seriously trying to go for a time and you you're putting your yourself yeah the training plan is pretty intense is actually to sort of book in some massages in advance so every two weeks like go and you know get yourself a physio who's good at massage and book in every two to three weeks through that time just as a way of helping your muscles relax loosen up rather than waiting until you feel like you've got an injury just get in there get your get your muscles loosened off um and again echoing what jane said about it's the stretching doing the stretching post run a foam roller or stretching after you've run for me much more benefit, oh, the mu- foam roller. Oh, the agony of the foam roller but mu- much better to much better to do that afterwards than uh, in, yeah. a, in a sense sort of waste too much time stretching before just use the first few miles yeah. of your run as a warm-up uh but afterwards make sure that you are on the foam roller stretching uh and that that really helps but then also as jane said you're recognizing your own body it's gonna hurt at times so Don't use a little bit of all my legs feel a bit tired or as an excuse to stop. Clearly, don't run if you've got a proper injury, but just get to know what is just general soreness from running and you've just kind of got to crack on versus um, something a bit more serious.
2: I really echo the point actually about the sports massage. So after I began seeing the physio, I did factor in or put into my schedule a regular sports massage and as well as being really good for me it felt like a bit of a treat as well they're not quite as treaty as a, a sort of spa massage but actually I still really like sports massages now and it just felt like something to look forward to in the training plan as well as being good for your body.
0: So let's move on to motivation. Robert how did you mentally prepare for long training runs in the dark cold and rain?
1: So I think two things. One for me is, um, actually just having the plan and having that down on paper in black and white for any given week or, or given month that, you know, if it's there, that, that for me is actually almost motivation in itself. I need to kind of tick it off the box. Um, the, the other thing is obviously if you are running for a particular time, then you've always got that in mind. So you've always got that slight fear of, well, if I don't do that particular run in this particular way, then I'm, jeopardizing my target which is a little bit different from someone who's just actually going out to complete and kind of just just do a marathon so having that end target in mind when you're thinking when your motivation starts to waver i think can be really important and then the third thing is uh we touched about this a little bit on training plans and the different kinds of run make sure every single run you're doing has a particular purpose so yes, I'm doing this run to increase my endurance or this kind of run to increase my speed, that in itself will also give you a little bit of added motivation to go out and do that particular session.
0: So what about you, Jane? What helped you to sort of mentally prepare for those long training
2: runs? So I think I've already mentioned that I had a friend that ran with me to or trained with me to half marathon level and then ran a half marathon with me. And that was brilliant, just having... Somebody to help build my confidence week in week out and be that person that I knew would be there on a Saturday morning to train with for the second half of my training when I was building up and doing the longer runs, I did that on my own, and I found that a bit more difficult because you're really going or in my case, I was beginning to run for a long time each week so I mix things up a bit. So I might go and stay down with my parents and do a run near them, which was just a slightly different area. Or I, I can remember going over to Richmond Park with my brother for a bit of a change. So again, as I'd done in the other parts of the training, just changing things up a bit, not running the same route and adding an extra two miles on each week. And the other thing that I did, which actually wasn't about the training, but was more about the sort of overall, uh, overall, I guess, mental preparation and having people involved. I was, I had a charity place, so I had to raise a certain amount of money, which meant that I got lots of other people involved. So I had a fundraising party. I invited people to come and watch me. So I got my friends and family involved in what I was doing, and that helped with the general sense of camaraderie. And also, I guess my sense of responsibility to the charity and to my friends who were sponsoring me increased even more my level of, of, of commitment to getting out there on a day when everyone will feel some days, I don't want to do this. But that age old mantra that the most difficult thing is getting out the door is, is absolutely true. And having my friends and family involved helped to spur me on in those final few weeks.
1: The first thing I would say, and yeah, this goes for experienced runners, but particularly for beginners, beginner runners, is make sure you do another sort of race, whether that's a half marathon or a 10K race before you actually do your marathon. And that's not so much about testing your fitness, it's actually just getting used to running with other people in a race scenario. All the logistics and gubbins that goes with thing on the day, turning up somewhere unfamiliar, dropping your bag off, making sure you've been to the loo, all that sort of stuff. You do not want to be doing that for the first time on marathon day. So that's it is about preparing for the day itself, but it obviously happens a a good while beforehand. And then the, the final thing is, and this is really this is sort of harder, especially if you've set yourself a a kind of time target. Is try not to get to worked up about it in the last few days you know if you've done your training plan you will know that you're basically in the right shape or not and if you know that you're in the right shape or not it's about just sort of executing it on the day and it's very easy to spend that whole last week in what's known as maranoia um, you know I'm, <laughs> am I getting a cold am I in a, should I have a glass of wine shouldn't I have a glass of wine this that and the other and then you end up having a you know <laughs> It, you get yourself too worked up and then on the day you've expended way too much nervous energy and it it kind of doesn't help uh and then the final thing and actually this was something i heard from i think it was one of the british olympians or something it Was like if you get to the last day you've done all your training if you have a really bad night's sleep the night before it actually doesn't matter because you know you're just you're just going to be a bit, little bit mentally yeah. tired um but you've done all the training you've had all the rest beforehand You've maybe missed out on a couple of hours sleep. Don't again. Don't panic about that. Don't overthink it. Which for me, I thought was really because I have had a couple of nights before marathons where that's happened, and I've been a bit worried. And actually, you know what? Everything's been fine. So, yeah, try 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 not to overthink things. Would be my bigger picture advice towards the end.
0: Great tips there, Robert and Jane. Um, what helped you to stay focused and get across that finishing line when the big day finally arrived for you?
2: So tapering was really, really important to me and it was quite a new concept. And I think if you're new to marathon training, the idea that you start to, you've been going, doing more and more and more and then you start to do less and less and less kind of took a little bit of a while to get my head around. But actually I found it very powerful, both mentally and physically. So to Robert's point, If you've done the training, you've done the training. If you've done the miles, if you haven't, doing them in the last two weeks is not going to make any difference whatsoever. So it's much, much more important actually to start to slow down the amount that you're doing so that physically you can be in really great condition for the marathon day. And actually someone gave me a really great piece of advice, I think it might have been the physio actually that I was seeing, who said that, said, Normally, the London Marathon's on a Sunday. He said, stay in on the Saturday. Even if it's a nice day, do as little as possible. And the reason for that is not just about conserving energy, but also it means that by the Sunday morning, you will be desperate to get out and get running. By this point, your body is so used to running lots and lots of miles every week. You've tapered down, you've stayed in. I was literally desperate to get going when I hit the start line. Now, again, to Robert's point, I had done a, a training half marathon and that was really important because I made lots of mistakes doing that half marathon. I went off too quickly. I expended way too much nervous uh and it sort of overexcited energy. So when I say on that marathon day you're desperate to get out – if you've done some other training um uh sort of proper runs like the half marathon that I'd done, I knew not to I knew how to manage that good energy that I had on the morning of the actual race, and it really, really helped me actually it's one other thing that I would share, and this may just me be my experience, but as I've said a couple of times, I was really anxious about completing the marathon and thinking how can I run further than I've ever run in my life before? And obviously in the training runs, you don't get up to the amount you have to do on the day. Running on the day was so much easier than those training runs. I absolutely loved it. It was lovely weather, the excitement of the crowd, running through my home city in London. It was completely exhilarating. And actually my main reflection afterwards was that all of the hard work had happened in the months running up to it. Not everyone I know has that experience, but I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed Marathon Day, actually much, much more than I was
1: expecting to. It's a wonderful experience when it all goes right. As, as James said, it, it's <laughs> unbelievably life-affirming and joyful. So I we'll would definitely encourage anyone who's thinking about doing one for the first time to do it. The other bit of advice I would add to all that is, it's getting—it's very easy to overcomplicate things and go right. Am I running enough? What about my diet? What about my sleep? Should I stop drinking alcohol or not? All that sort of. Of those things, by far the most important thing is the training miles. You can flipper around the edges and eat a bit yeah. less of this and a bit more of that. At the end of the day, if you haven't done the miles and you haven't done the training, yeah. the rest is all garbage. So put 90% of your energy in terms of planning and how you're going to approach training into the actual running. And if you're particularly interested in any of the stuff, then yes, fine. But don't think that you can cheat the miles. If you're listening to this and you're wavering about whether or not you should do it, give it a go. It's, it's a, it's a brilliant thing to achieve. It is genuinely a real achievement. Um, running 26 miles is, um, it's a big deal, it's not impossible as long as you put the the training in and you will, might feel awful as you cross the line but you will very very quickly feel incredibly exhilarated and almost certainly think oh I might do another one.
2: Yeah I felt so exhilarated when I completed it and thought I'm going to do the New York marathon this autumn and I have never run another marathon since I'm not saying I won't ever run, run another one but it's I agree with Robert. If you're wavering, do it. It's one of the best things I've ever done. And the feeling, I felt invincible afterwards. The feeling that I could achieve something like that and the the fun and the feeling of elation on the day was really, it was worth every moment of the training.
0: Wow, well, I think after listening to this inspirational conversation, um, you might have inspired me to consider running my first marathon. But please, Jane, don't hold me to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's all we've got time for before I move on to my next guest, who is going to share some marathon training nutrition tips. Thank you both for joining me today and for all the great tips. It's been really interesting talking to you both.
1: Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you. It's no secret that what you eat and drink is really important when training for a major sporting event. I'm now joined by my third and final guest today, Michelle Harrison, who is here to give us some nutritional tips. Michelle is Booper's leading health content editor and has a bachelor's degree in nutritional science. She's also a keen runner and completed the London Marathon a few years ago. Hi,
3: Michelle. Hi, Mamas. Thanks for having me.
0: And thanks for joining me today. So, Michelle, why is it important to think about what you're eating and drinking when training for a marathon?
3: Yeah, so I guess when we're training for a marathon, I mean, you always kind of focus on, you know, your training plan and the types of run that you're doing and making sure you're not getting injured and things. But a big part of making sure that you perform at your best and making sure that you recover well when running is to think about what you're eating and drinking as well. So, you know, the food that you eat will provide energy for you to run, it'll reduce your risk of injury and support your body to recover afterwards. So it's also, you know, just as important to think about what you're putting into your body to get the best from your runs. So how should you feel
0: your body best during marathon training, Michelle?
3: Yeah, so I think to start with, you know, the main thing is to make sure that you're listening to your body and that you're tuning into what works for you. So as well as thinking about, you know, your physical training and and trying out runs that work for you, do the same with your nutrition you know play around with it during the training and find what works for you in terms of what types of food suit you best and you know the timing as well because you know your body will be different to someone else's so in terms of the actual nutrition and you know what you should be fueling your body with it's just important to think about having a really healthy and balanced diet to make sure that your body is getting everything that it needs in order to perform well and to recover well during running so that's making sure that you have a healthy mix of carbohydrates protein healthy fats lots of fruit and vegetables and plenty of fluids as well Um, and that should help to give your body everything it needs and help you feeling good
0: so michelle when you were training for the marathon um, what types of food did you sort of typically eat before heading out for a morning or evening run
3: I would definitely say that you can use your training as an opportunity to test out what works for you and your body and what foods suit you and at what times um, and how you feel, what what makes you feel the best. So, you know, whether you're going out for a morning run or an evening run or even, you know, during the daytime, it might determine how much you eat and the type of food that you eat as well. So, So give yourself an opportunity during training to Play around with what food works for you. So for me, if I was on the weekend and I was doing a morning run, I might have something like overnight oats, or maybe a piece of wholemeal toast with peanut butter and banana on it, um, or maybe some porridge, and then you know leave it two to three hours before going out for a long run. And that's what personally worked for me was those carbohydrates two to three hours before I went for a morning run, but then when I was training maybe in the evening after work I would maybe an hour before I ran have a snack that was high in carbohydrates so that could have been maybe a banana or an energy bar. And Michelle what sort of food
0: did you sort of typically have during and after a run when you were training for the marathon?
3: Yeah, so during a run, this is something that people who are new to marathon running obviously um, often have to get used to is that you will need to take some fuel on um, when you're doing a very long run. So normally, you know, if you go out for a run for up to an hour or if you do a gym session or you're playing sport, then, you know, you don't need to eat or eat any more During that exercise, your body's got plenty of energy to get through it. But if you're going out for a very long run and say it's more than 60 to 90 minutes, then your body's going to use through the energy stores that it has. So that's when you're going to need to take on a bit more fuel with you. So these are things like... You'll find energy gels, which, you know, have got glucose and things in them that will give your body those carbohydrates that it needs in order to keep going and keep running for longer. So again, during your training runs, take some things with you and trial what works for you. So for me personally, I found a type of energy gel that suited me and I would have one about sort of an hour and 15 minutes into my run. So that, that was the carbohydrates would be kicking in just around the time that I would need them. Um, so see what works for you. Other people might have things like you can get um, sweets that you chew. You know, you'll see lots of runners take like jelly babies and stuff like that with them. So there's loads of different things on the market that are high sources of carbohydrates that you can try. And um, I would say to, again, just make sure that you practice your nutrition and what works for you while you're training. So don't do anything new on the day that you haven't done before. You know, don't try an energy gel that's a different brand to the one that you trained with because some might upset your stomach. So again, just Check them and and see what works for you. So after your run as well, you need to think about refueling and replenishing your body um, and helping it to recover well. So the nutrition after you run is really important. And um, what you need is to again think about a balanced diet. So you need to be putting some carbohydrates into your body so that your muscle glycogen stores can build back up again. You need to be eating some protein to make sure that your muscles can repair and, and grow and recover from your run and um, lots of fluids to make sure that you're rehydrating and you know, fruit and vegetables to make sure that you're giving your body the vitamins and minerals it needs to stay healthy. So I remember for me, personally and again this is different for everyone but I would struggle to eat quite soon after a run and I needed a bit of time for I think my body just to calm down and my digestive system to kind of kick back in so I struggled to eat a meal as soon as I got kind of back from my run so but I knew that I needed to Put fuel back into my body to help it recover. So for me, what worked was having a smoothie when I got in. So I'd make like a banana smoothie with um, some nut milk and, and maybe some protein powder because that's what worked for me. Um, and then a couple of hours later, I would have a meal. But if you feel able to and you know, you can have a meal when you get home, then something like. Maybe a spaghetti bolognese because you would have the protein from meat, and you would have carbohydrates in the pasta, and then making up your sauce with you know lots of fresh vegetables like peppers, onions, tomatoes as well for the vitamins and minerals. That would be you know considered quite a balanced meal that would help you to recover. Or you might be able to have something like a chili con carne with rice, or you know a lean meat with some steamed vegetables and maybe some new potatoes. Something like that, um, that's a a well-rounded and balanced meal to give your body everything that it needs to repair and recover after your run is important.
0: And I'm guessing as your training increased, so did your appetite. So did that have an impact on the types of foods you ate?
3: Yeah, definitely. It was something I actually, because it was my first marathon, it wasn't something I had really thought about or something that I was expecting. But, you know, understandably, you're putting uh, um, really high demands on your body and you're increasing the mileage that you do every week. And yeah, I found that I was getting a lot more hungry than I was used to, especially because I was also training in the cold months too. So I found that, you know, I'd be at work and my normal meals just weren't filling me up um, at all. And I was finding that I wanted to snack a lot more too. So you know, luckily I worked in the medical industry and and have a nutrition background. So I kind of thought about well, what, what's good for me and what should I be doing here to meet my this kind of energy requirement from my body. So for me, what worked was to increase my portion sizes a little bit um, and have a bit bigger meals and to have lots of healthy snacks to hand so as I could graze on them. So I had lots of fruit around, lots of, you know, unsalted nuts, some dried fruit, some um, high protein yogurts, things like that. To help me stay full in between meals. But yeah, definitely you will find. And again, that's about listening to your body and your own hunger signals um, and not ignoring that and realizing that, you know, if your body's hungry, you know feed it um and just give it lots of good stuff to help you get through that training. You know marathon training is intense. It is a lot on your body, you're asking it for a lot. So, you know take good care of it and put the the nutrients back in that it needs. Thanks Michelle, um lots of really sort of
0: helpful um nutritional tips there. Um so moving on to sort of hydration. Obviously, that's a really important aspect of training. Um, How did you stay hydrated during training runs and ensure that that your body um, was hydrated during runs? Any tips to share there?
3: So on the day of your marathon, there are likely to be, you know, food and water stops along the way. So there'll probably be water stations as you go. And um, So you might decide that on the day you're happy with that and you don't want to take any, any kind of water or, or fluids or anything like that with you. But obviously during your training runs, you need to take something with you. And again, use it as a way to experiment, see what works for you so I remember I tried lots of different ways of carrying water so it wasn't uncomfortable so I had tried a belt that wrapped around my waist that had two small water bottles on either side I had tried um kind of a water pack um I tried a, a bottle that your hand fits through and just again to see what I felt most comfortable with um, so you can try that as well and see, see what works for you. Um, you might also find that you need some electrolytes. So, you know, lots of people will take sports drinks with them when they go for a run, but sports drinks can often be very high in sugar. So, you, you know, you need to kind of be careful If you are drinking sports drinks, but you can, you know, you will need to, again, replace the electrolytes that you're losing through sweat. And so I found that I got some electrolytes to put in my water that um, I then carried with me. And that just kind of kept the thirst at bay for me. And you can make your own sports drinks as well. You know, you don't have to buy the ones that are really high in sugar. You can try ones by just having some water. Some, um, some squash. So, you know, some cordial, but not the low sugar one, because you'll need to put some, a little bit of sugar back into your body. Um, and just put some salt in it as well. So that, that might work for some people, but yeah, again, thinking about putting back in those electrolytes that you're going to lose through sweat. So for me, just those small kind of effervescent tablets in my water bottle when I went for a run and sipping on that helped me a lot. Any final thoughts or reflections for the day, Michelle? So, yeah, I think the main takeaway when you're training for a marathon and you're thinking about your nutrition is to think about what works for you personally. So everybody is different and, you know, your energy needs and your nutrition needs are going to be completely different to somebody else's. So really tune into your body um, and listen to your hunger signals and, you know, do what works for you. If you are hungry, eat a bit more. You know, and play around with the timing of your food and the types of food. So like I was saying, you know, you might find that porridge might feel too heavy on your stomach before a run and so therefore you know a banana might be be better for you and you know like me you might find that you can't have a heavy meal straight after you run it doesn't suit you or you might be really hungry as soon as you get home from your run and so you know you might want to have a nice big meal up there waiting for you so again just see what works for you and and play around with things Um, and I would also say just Make sure you're not trying anything new on the day. So, you know, you'll know with your training that, you know, make sure your things like you know what you're going to wear on the day and that you've already run in that so that nothing chafes or that, you know, you have your trainers are are broken in. You wouldn't put a new pair of trainers on on the race day. And it's the same when it comes to your nutrition, you know, make sure that you know what works for you. You know, what time you're going to take your energy gels at, you know, which type of energy gels um, suit your body um, and just be prepared with your nutrition. You
1: know.
0: That brings us to the end of this podcast. Lots of food for thought there. Thank you, Michelle, and to my other guests, Robert and Jane, for joining me today and for sharing all your tips. You can visit Boopers online running hub for lots more free information and advice on training for a marathon. And don't forget to subscribe to the Healthy Me podcast keeps up to date on all our latest
2: podcasts.